The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. Good morning, WBEN News Time 502. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Outside, looking at a humid start, 68 degrees in Buffalo. Primary day across western New York. One of the hotly contested races we're keeping an eye on is for the Maston District seat on Buffalo's Common Council. WBEN's Tom Puckett here with more. Zanetta Everhart says she brings her experience working in the state Senate to the Maston District race. When I first started working for Senator Kennedy over six years ago. Um, you know, a lot of the work that I did on the ground in the community with block clubs and stuff like that, you know, people paid attention to that. Um, and so even back then, people were asking me, like, when are you running? When are you running? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Everhart admits 514 was a factor in her decision to run, but she also says she's familiar with the key issues in the district. Her opponent is India Walton, who lost to Byron Brown in November 2021 after winning the Democratic primary against him earlier that year. Walton says she has plans for Maston. My plans for Maston District include support for homeowners, for renters, to close the racial wealth homeownership gap, um, to make sure that we're supporting small businesses, not only along Jefferson Avenue, but on Fillmore, on Delavan, on Kensington Avenue. Hear from both candidates online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. A five of nine council seats in Buffalo are being contested. They include a Lovejoy, a Maston, which you just heard there, North University, and the Ellicott District. That's being vacated by current council president Darius Pridgen, Leah Halton-Pope, Matt Deering, Eddie Egru, and Cedric Holliday, or Holloway, excuse me, all running for the Ellicott District Council seat. Several races in the Erie County Legislature as well, including a Republican primary for the 10th District seat. In the county legislature, that includes West Seneca, Alma, Aurora, Wales, and more between incumbent Jim Alchewski and Lindsay Larigo. And in Niagara Falls, incumbent Mayor Ron Bristino facing a primary challenge from former Niagara Falls Common Council member Glenn Chalukian and community activist Demetrius Nix. We'll be live on the air with primary coverage tonight, beginning at 9 until 11 here on WBEN. Joe Beamer. Tom Puckett will have Max Ferry out in reporting and some political analysis coming up as well, 9 to 11 tonight on WBEN. The 914th Refueling Wing from Niagara Falls Air Base will join the 305th Air Mobility Wing for a flyover today that will take place across the state to celebrate 100 years of air refueling. The flight path for Western New York will be from Jamestown to Wilson. These are approximate times. Over Jamestown, around 1.40 this afternoon. Buffalo, around 1.43. And over Niagara County, at around 1.50. There will be two formations of KC-135s, KC-46s, and C-17s. A second formation will pass each location about 20 minutes after the first. This will be something to look for this afternoon. I can't wait to, I, I'm hoping I'm in the right spot to be able to see it because sure, this sounds really cool. And I think you you can't miss it, like hearing it coming, right? <laughs> You'll be able to hear it, yeah. I think. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to see it. Not too many clouds, you know, uh, just the right 
everything uh, everything so i love stuff like that yeah. so the flyover today this afternoon early this afternoon what to expect there well some major decisions set to be announced by the supreme court starting this morning before the court takes its summer recess, Lindsay Watts is in Washington with what to expect. The most high-profile decision is on affirmative action. The court will rule on whether colleges can continue using race as a factor in student admissions. The Supreme Court will also rule on President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan and a case looking at whether creative businesses can refuse to serve LGBTQ customers. Another decision will impact religious Americans. It pertains to how accommodating employers have to be when employees skip work for religious reasons. We'll have you covered right here as those Supreme Court decisions are announced. Lindsay Watts, ABC News, Washington. Equipment from Western New York still being used to uncover all that remains of the failed Titan sub. Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. Pelagic Research Services moves along in its role to assist in recovery efforts for the Titan submersible in the waters of the Atlantic Ocean with the help of its ROV Odysseus 6K system. As of Sunday, the Odysseus 6K was on the seafloor in its fourth dive since arriving at the site of the Titan's disappearance. The firm was called in for assistance one week ago after being contacted by the Titan's parent company, Ocean Gate Expeditions. Ed Cassano, CEO of Pelagic Research Services, says they continue to work tirelessly in their support role of this mission alongside the crew of Horizon Arctic, led by Captain Adam Myers. Odysseus was the subsea asset that located the debris field, first referenced by the U.S. Coast Guard this past Thursday. Subsequent dives have supported the continued investigation and recovery mission under onboard Unified Command, led by the U.S. Coast Guard and U.S. Navy. Navy Supervisor of Salvage and Diving and their contractor, Phoenix International Holdings Incorporated. More on the continued recovery of the Titan submersible is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you for that. While victims' relatives are welcoming a major decision in the Idaho College Killings case. Prosecutors say they will pursue the death penalty for Brian Koberger, the suspect in the gruesome murders of four University of Idaho students last fall. 28-year-old Koberger, who was a criminology Ph.D. student at nearby Washington State University, is accused of killing Kaylee Gonzalez, Madison Mogan, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin. Gonzalez's family says they're grateful the death penalty is on the table. Allison Kosick, they're reporting. Intermittent fasting is no better than calorie cutting for weight loss in people with obesity. That's from a new medical study. 90 obese people were in a study led by the University of Illinois, Chicago. After a year, the group limiting their eating to about six hours per day lost on average about 7.7 pounds. The calorie cutting group lost an average of nine and a half pounds and was advised on healthier food choices. The intermittent fasting group got diet counseling, but no advice on cutting calories. There were no differences in changes in blood pressure, cholesterol, and blood sugar levels. The studies in the Annals of Internal Medicine. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. All right, uh, always interesting to look at some of that. Well, uh, last night, Owen Power did not win the Calder Trophy as the league's top rookie. He was nominated. Power finished third place in the voting, though. The award handed out last night to Matt Beneers of Seattle ends up winning. You know, Who just... was his college teammate. Yeah, um... So I guess, you know, good for you. But it's always the flashy, you know, forward person who scores the most who wins. Maybe not necessarily the best. We stand by Owen Power. But I said yesterday, if he loses, don't care about the award. Right. If he wins, it's the most important thing in the world. But if he loses, we don't care. Former Sabres goalie, Linus Olmark, winning the Vesna Trophy as the league's top goalie. There so we go again. You want to win an award, just... 
Leave town. Uh, the NHL draft begins Wednesday, uh, and next season's schedule expected to be released today. I'm excited to you know yeah. look at that and see what games I'm circling right. and uh, all that kind of stuff. Kind of so, get you pumped up again. I I'm feeling it this week. You know, there's trades going on. There's right. a draft. There's the schedule. Like I'm getting ready for next year. And then there's like this big lull in August where nothing happens, and it's like ah oh, man, right. You know. But there then you'll be Bills focused at that point, right? Yeah, training camp starts. It, it, that kind of yeah. gets you through. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for hockey. My wallpaper here is not changed on this computer screen from the Sabers April schedule. The exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast calls for hit or miss showers and thunderstorms today. Staying humid will see highs in the low 70s. A few showers and thunderstorms continuing into tonight, turning breezy. A bit cooler with lows near 60. Southwest winds increase from 10 to 20 with gusts to near 30. Gradually clearing skies, noticeably less humid tomorrow will see highs in the low 70s. Sunshine returns on Thursday with comfortable highs close to 80 degrees. With the exclusive WBEN and seven weather forecast. I'm meteorologist Mary Beth Robel. Joining us on the line, political analyst Ken Cruley to talk about primary day across western New York. Ken, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, you'll also hear Ken a little bit later on tonight after the polls close at Joe Beamer after nine o'clock uh, analyzing some of these results. All right, as we look at the board right now, what race or races stand out to you as ones that will be interesting to watch later on? Well, I think the uh, the the one that uh, is very important is the uh, the primaries, the uh, Republican and Conservative primaries in the 10th County Legislative District, uh, with uh, a lot of uh, inter-party uh, uh, activity going on. Very tough race, and then there are five council races in Buffalo, uh, which will potentially uh, change the the look of the county of the com- common council, and those are certainly going to be very important tonight. Uh, on the council, there are two vacancies, uh, Maston and Ellicott districts, so we'll see new uh, new faces there for winners. But in University North and Lovejoy, do you see any of the incumbents being vulnerable this time around? Well, in a primary where there's low turnout, uh, there nobody can take a chance on anything. Uh, I uh, would note that uh, University District uh, Councilman uh, has uh, worked very hard, so the North and, and the uh, Lovejoy districts against uh, very aggressive challengers. They've spent uh, lots of money. Uh, the challengers have raised considerable money that nor- normally wouldn't be raised by a candidate in a, in a council race. And because the turnout is low, it depends on who gets out the vote. So I, I, I would think that the incumbents are, are favorites uh, tonight, but the, uh, the challengers uh, certainly uh, could, uh, p- could pull an upset. When you look at the date this is happening, we're, we're in a June primary. Uh, we've already heard from Erie County that it's a low turnout for as long as the early voting program has been going on. I, to be expected from you, or I, I think some people were maybe looking at this and saying, well, you know, after what we saw with India Walton, the upset over the mayor, maybe primaries would have a little bit more interest. Apparently not. No, uh, well, it depends on the candidates and the activity, but uh, uh, the June primaries uh, really haven't uh, done anything to uh, to increase the turnout, that's for sure. Uh, when we did September primaries, it was only a few weeks before the general election, and momentum was already building for that election. So 
So I, I think that probably helped fuel the uh, the changes. Uh, whether that will ever go back to September, uh, who knows? Uh, we did have June primaries uh, in the uh, uh, in the past decades, and I'm referring to like the 50s, 60s, early 70s, and then it switched, and we've switched again. I I, I don't think the June primaries is, are doing very much to increase the turnout. Do you think, though, most voters know about today, really? Not really. Uh, I, anecdotally, I've had uh, friends uh, comment about, is there a primary today? Can I vote today in some election? Because uh, they they sort of are aware that there's a primary going on because of reports about the early voting and so forth. But <clears throat> this is very localized uh, this year. You, I mean, and down drilling down to things like, Uh, a uh, council race or a a town justice race in a town where they need to open up the voting booths, but uh, the turnout isn't very great and it isn't affecting too many people because it may be a minor party uh, primary. And I I think folks are vaguely aware of it, but kind of confused about how come I'm not voting today. Looking at, you know, the results before we have them, if we could, (laughs) uh, in the city of Buffalo, five of nine common council seats uh, up uh, in a primary. Some we know will have a, a different common council member at the end of it because uh, they're stepping down. Others, you know, up in the air. Could today really change the shape of government in Buffalo for the foreseeable future? Well, potentially it could, Brian. Uh, I I don't know that it will. Um, it's uh, sort of amazing, but there's been no overriding issue that has been driving these council races. They've all been talking about particular local things, uh, whether it's housing or, or small business activity or so forth. Uh, you would think after what happened with the blizzard and uh, some other things that have gone on in, in the city recently that there would be some uh, uh, overriding issue, but there isn't one. And because of that, I don't know that uh, the results tonight are going to make a substantial difference in uh, What's happening? What one one consequence that there will be is because uh, uh, Darius Purgeon is uh, uh, leaving. There'll be new council president, and so that will uh, potentially change the focus of the council somewhat. You know, a high-profile race this time around is in the Maston district. Two mm-hmm. community activists, two women that are running for the Democratic nomination. What's your your take on this race? Well, a uh, couple of powerhouses. Uh, they both have. Uh, uh, developed recognition uh, from their hard work. Uh, Walton, of course, winning the Democratic primary for mayor uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, Everhart uh, for uh, her activities in, in the, both in the community and then following the uh, the tragedy of, uh, of May 14th. And so uh, they're very well known. They're working very hard. Uh, they both uh, bring uh, an aggressive style, I think, to the uh, Council, I, I would uh, think that the Everhart has some advantages because of the uh, support she has from from uh, the Erie County Democratic Committee, uh, Mayor Brown, and some others. Um, how that plays out, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Walton uh, folks know how to win a primary, at least citywide. <clears throat> Should be noted, though, that Walton lost uh, the Maston District to Mayor Brown when he uh, in the uh, primary two years ago. So. Uh, there is a uh, little bit of a history here. Most of these were talking about uh, Democrat primaries, uh, Democrats running, and uh, Democrats outvoting. 
in the Erie County Legislature. One of the races, though, uh, not that way. The 10th district seat uh, includes West Seneca, Alma, Aurora, others. And you have Jim Malcheski, who's the incumbent, but he's only been in office for a few months uh, against Lindsay Larigo. And that one's pretty interesting, too. Certainly is. Uh, the uh, One of the interesting factors is the extraordinary amount of money being spent. Uh, I, I think that um, we haven't seen a lot of it because it's sort of been hidden by activities by state committees. Um, but uh, come the middle of June, we should have better information. But with everything that's being done, I, I think that between the two candidates, uh, they're probably going to have uh, $150,000 or $200,000 spent in uh, in that race, which is an extraordinary amount, uh, considering that it's primaries and for a county legislative seat that pays uh, $42,000 and change. Uh, so I, uh, and a lot of that race is just a, a, a fight between the Republican and conservative parties. Uh, Ralph Larigo, the conservative party chairman, uh, felt that the, uh, the county legislature should have gone with his choice, which happened to be his daughter-in-law. Uh, but uh, the Republicans saw it differently and the battle lines were drawn. Well, Ken, we'll be listening for your analysis after the polls close tonight here on WBEN. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.